Carefree Black Nerd is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and carefreeblacknerd.com. Please rate and review on iTunes, like, share, and comment on SoundCloud. Of course, let's keep this conversation going. Live tweet with me when you're listening to these episodes. Give me a quick little live tweet. Stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. Yeah, that's that. (laughs) Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I'm your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue covers the first Captain America, Isaiah Bradley. Now, uh, jumping right in, for those of you who know nothing about Isaiah Bradley, the first Captain America, let me school you a little bit. Let me learn you something. Um, Even though Isaiah has no superhuman powers naturally, thanks to the super soldier formula, keep that formula in mind, running through his veins, he is physically the perfect human. He has um, his agility, dexterity, strength, speed, endurance, reflex, reaction time, coordination, and balance are superior to any, and I mean any, Olympic athlete who will or who has ever competed, which is like a bold (laughs) stance to take when creating this character, but understand that none of you motherfuckers out there with your gold or your bronze or your silver or your plastic ain't none of y'all beating Isaiah in a race and shot putting disc and anything <laughs> um, although he has he is essentially the perfect human once the serum is metabolized in his body it will enhance all of his bodily functions to the peak of human efficiency so in layman's terms his body eliminates any excessive buildup of lactic acid and other fatigue poisons in his muscles so whereas you can go on and on and on working out playing ball swimming or whatever say you can go two three hours isaiah can go 24 25 hours the super soldier formula grants him phenomenal endurance Uh, He has extraordinary immunity to disease, and his aging process, of course, has slowed down dramatically, which is the case in most all (laughs) comic book characters, but it's distinctively um, a side effect or a power set of his, whereas we usually de-age them because comics run long and they can be, (laughs) creators can uh, be outlived by their creation, so, uh, but Isaiah himself, he has... uh, that endurance going on so kudos to you isaiah i wouldn't want to meet you uh in the backyard for a foot race or anything <laughs> now isaiah carries with him with his little uniform a concave triangular metal shield which is useful for either defense or offense um he decorated this shield with the double v campaign uh the eagle crest which is a symbol of victory against the axis as well as victory against racial discrimination at home uh, for protection, he wears a loose chain mesh shirt over light padding. Uh, the shirt is capable of blunting the impact of most small firearms. With that being said, of course I'm going to have a photo of Isaiah on the show notes for this episode. 
But how in the hell is a mesh shirt supposed to protect you against firearms? Like, when you see this, his character design, he looks badass. He looks very um, intimidating and powerful. But I'm like, bruh, you need some clothes. <laughs> Just because you can take a hit and take a shot don't mean you won't bleed. Um, <laughs> but I thought that was uh, very interesting if you look at him versus the... Steve Rogers, Captain America, and look at the differences in their uniforms. <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous. Okay, now, um, <clears throat> to officially, because I'm kind of doing things a little differently here, with July being the Independence Day month and the last month of season two of Carefree Black Nerd, I thought I'd do my first multiple part special. So, Welcome, Welcome to the Carefree Black, Black Nerd, Nerd Season 2 3-part finale. Isaiah Bradley, the first Captain America. <laughs> um, what I found is, looking online, I discovered this character a little while ago and was kind of seeing what, what what it was that I could do with him or when I'd want to you know, bring him up and do an issue. Um, there's, It's odd. Like I found a lot of things on... Um, on like YouTube with different Capcom Marvel versus Capcom style video fights that people have created. I've seen limited appearances in books. I haven't found much in a way of physically looking at Isaiah. Um, that aside, his history runs deep and he's a very significant character and I wish we would see more of him and with all these retcons and reboots and events that Marvel does, you already know my stance when it comes to a character of color who's been discarded or poorly used bring this man back with a team of color or at least a very diehard fan who can write an exceptional story to put him at the level in which he deserves <clears throat> um one of the critiques the main one and the major more important one is that Isaiah Bradley is actually the first Captain America uh, predating Steve Rogers. Um, some of the criticism I found, I, where did I find this quote? Uh, was that Bradley was moved back in continuity, which was an issue, and it was all to keep Steve Rogers as the first official Captain America. Um, Isaiah should have been, should have predated Rogers, which he technically does, but because now with convoluted comics history and stuff, he didn't. Um, that's an easy mm, way to you know point fingers and point the blame on continuity in comics but my issue with that comes in because with this comics back in the day in the 60s and 70s and whatnot continuity is all kind of messed up comics back then are not what they are now but once you get to the modern age once you get to the 2000s and forward there's no reason to have fuck-ups with continuity. Like, we're <laughs> writing these stories with the knowledge from the past, knowing that we have more of a plan going forward, if nothing else but for translation to the movie screen. But, I'll digress. <laughs> um, but that was the issue, and I, I'm still harping on that myself. Isaiah is at the first Captain America, and will be. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the original story, Bradley was supposed to be one of the few, very few survivors of the preliminary super soldier testing that led to Steve Rogers. But Bradley was moved from where? He's moved in continuity 
Where might you ask? Well, there's a little story titled Truth, Red, White, and Black. This is a seven-issue comic book limited series. It was written by Robert Morales, drawn by Kyle Baker, and published by Marvel Comics. Um, in truth, red, white, and black. <laughs> it was originally planned to be outside of the Marvel's universe, um, official continuity, but <clears throat> the editorial decision was to place it into continuity because it was such a good story, it was such a good book, people enjoyed it, but that meant explaining way back in the day when timely comics were around in their first publication of Jack Kirby's Captain America in 1940 was a full year before Pearl Harbor and <clears throat> excuse me and this the true start of Captain America's story thus right here proving that Isaiah Bradley was in fact the original Captain America and not Steve Rogers <sighs> Isaiah um but yeah <laughs> but this brings me back to the argument or the issue of Nubia versus Wonder Woman. Uh, this black body is being overshadowed and forgotten by and because of this white counterpart who has received more marketing and more attention. So again, Captain America, 1940, story started around Pearl Harbor. In continuity, Isaiah predates this. But because we're bringing these continuities together and we need Steve Rogers with his blonde hair, blue eyed, pale skin to be the forefront and first official Captain America, now Isaiah has taken the back seat. Much like with Nubia and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman and Nubia should be on equal playing on a playing field. They are both Wonder Women. They are both daughters, fraternal twins of Hippolyta. But we have a Wonder Woman movie and years upon years of Wonder Woman stories and Nubia tch, who Nubia who I don't know her <laughs> but um I feel like both Isaiah and Nubia have went on to have their histories retconned and altered to fit this white narrative of Diana Prince and Steve Rogers so uh it's it's unfortunate but it's something that happens it's something that we know about um it may not have been as racially charged or political as it seems I feel it is um and I'm standing by that opinion but um published from January 2003 to July 2003 the series truth red white and black is composed of seven comics and they are as follows the future the basics the passage the cut the math the whitewash and the black vine um, now, for disclosure, I have yet to get my hands on a copy of this seemingly magnificent series. I will, though, so don't judge me. Um, but now that the official truth is out of the way, we can get down to the accepted and retcon history of Isaiah Bradley, who is the first Captain America. Um, Isaiah Bradley is a Marvel Comics character. He was created by Robert Morales, the writer. Kyle Baker, the artist slash inker, and Axel Alonso, Marvel's editor. Uh, he first appeared in Truth, Red, White, and Black, number one, um, in January of 2003. Isaiah is an American. His aliases include Captain America and Black Captain America. His team affiliations are the U.S. Army. Legal status, U.S. citizen. This man is 6'3", 225 pounds, brown hair, well, excuse me, <laughs> brown eyes, black hair. And I threw the description in 
mainly because, I mean, to give you a general idea, but I feel like this is important because anyone familiar with the Captain America Steve Rogers story about him being this wiry teen who goes through the super soldier process and becomes this full muscle-bound gigantic dude, I think it's just important to kind of give you a marker of what he looks like in relation to Steve Rogers. Um, Isaiah's family, he has an unnamed wife, which comics tend to do, an unnamed wife, so she's just this woman who existed to move his plot forward. Um, Sarah Gale, his daughter, Josiah X, his son, and Patriot, his grandson. More on those later. Now, the original concept for Isaiah Bradley, the first Captain America, came from an offhand comment made by Marvel's editor at the time, Bill Jameis. Um, Axel Alonso, current editor-in-chief, was taken by the idea of the black Captain America and pursued it. Now, it offered a chance to tell a larger story about America's history. Robert Morales, who was brought in to write the story, created a supporting cast and created the ending. Now, the idea of an African-American Captain America made Morales laugh, but once he heard the premise, he found it depressing. Which is like, damn, man. You laughing at a black Captain America? Is that so far-fetched? We have a black Superman, a black Catwoman, like there's black characters, whatever. Uh, But the premise that he found to be so depressing was that um, the one that was depicted in the 2003 limited run, Truth! Red, white, and black. In this series, the World War II Super Soldier Program of 1942, operated by Reinstein, Dr. Wilfred Nagel, employed an alias previously used by Dr. Abraham Erskine. Now, anyways, in that, he uses the African-American test subjects to recreate the formula that had previously been used to turn Steve Rogers from a skinny, wiry teen to a patriotic army super person. (laughs) The experiment that empowers Isaiah is very similar to what else? Tuskegee Syphilis Study, where the American government decided to test blacks like guinea pigs. That's where we got the depressing premise of the black Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, in truth, red, white, and black. Um, Bradley's strong, like, marriage of ideas and his concepts uh, came from a very uh, unsuccessful Luke Cage proposal that Brian Azzarello had. Uh, Morales originally envisioned the character Isaiah of being being a scientist who experimented on himself, kind of like a reference to the Silver Age scientists Reed Richards and Bruce Banner. And I'll stop here for a second. I, How amazing would that be to have this Silver Age black science guy who's on par with Reed Richards and Dave Banner like that's Dave Banner (laughs) Bruce Banner like that's I don't know with the Fantastic Four being like the first family of Marvel and like the thing that builds off into the rest of the Marvel Universe though Isaiah was created in 2003 and not back in the day (laughs) when Marvel was first you know small or whatever that still was like a novel idea to play with like with all these alternate realities and retcons and events and reboots like how nice would that be to have a long running series of silver age 
stories and comics where you can insert this black guy who is a scientist on par with everyone else you know um i don't know i just like that idea i really enjoy the idea and the execution of isaiah bradley and i'd like to see him fleshed out more but of course that's always my preference <laughs> okay so um morales was able to <clears throat> excuse me uh Pushed the ending in which Bradley suffered brain damage, which was a reference to Muhammad Ali. That right there gave the character Isaiah a more tragic ending. Uh, Morales performed the extensive research into that time period, which he balanced with like editorial suggestions from the editors, of course. Which, all in all, comics are not a one-man show. I mean, unless you get a um, indie comic, but even then, it's like. It's a collaboration of sorts, so uh, his story probably would have been slightly different from what we got at the end of Truth, Red, White, and Black, but <laughs> but a good story nonetheless. Um, now the history, 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 now that's the publication history, now we'll give you the fictional history of sorts. <laughs> Isaiah was part of a platoon of African-American soldiers ready to ship overseas for World War War II. (laughs) But they were forced into an unexpected detour. Um, As Project Rebirth begins as a collaboration between U.S., British, and German eugenics led by Dr. Joseph Reinstein, real name Dr. Wilfred Nagel, and Dr. Koch, um, when World War II finally began, Koch, culture Koch, K-O-C-H, I say Koch, Koch takes over the German program and Joseph Reinstein takes over the American program. Well, with them trying to, I don't know, recreate this super soldier serum, um, chaos ensues. <laughs> Each attempt to recreate the serum, which had previously turned Steve Rogers into Captain America a year prior in Pearl Harbor, um, Reinstein's early attempts to refine the formula they're tested on who else? African Americans, of course. And how many? 300 of these soldiers are taken from Camp Cathart <laughs> and subjected to potentially fatal experiments in an undisclosed location, as seen in Truth, Red, White, and Black. Only five subjects of the original 300, and I want to say 300 plus. Mainly because 300 is what is what was recorded, and although this is fictional history, thinking about this in terms of actual reality, if we're reporting 300, we could be damn sure there's probably at least 600 blacks who were experimented on. Um, in the name of secrecy, the United States soldiers execute the camp's commander <laughs> after they were the five originals who who made it out. Um, they executed the camp's commander and hundreds of black soldiers left behind at Camp Cathart. So, they, again, with the hundreds left over and the five out of the 300 who survived, that's that's more than 300. Um, the government tells the families of these 300 subjects that their loved ones died in battle. Oh, well, thank you for that lie. Um, Isaiah engaged in many raids during the time with his team of super soldiers. Which, stopping right here, thinking back on Captain America Civil War um, and Baron Zemo and the fight with Tony and Steve and Bucky, I wonder if 
Isaiah could be incorporated into the MC extended universe through those was it four or five other super soldiers that Zemo murdered or killed or executed or whatever like I wonder if there's something that could be developed from there if we want to insert him in um who knows if that's what Marvel's thinking who knows if they're even caring too much about this guy but okay moving back along um so Isaiah engaged in many raids during his time with the super soldiers he actually took out more red skull bases than steve roger did so kudos to you so again it's kind of going back to this black man having to take a back seat or a second spot to this white guy and still he's doing more than his white counterpart which is sad but again you have to be twice as good, work twice as hard to receive half the credit or whatever daddy pope told olivia um but here due to field missions in europe and internal strife bradley emerges the sole survivor of his test group so that group that went from plus 300 plus down to five is now down to one so now that he is the sole survivor he steals a spare costume and shield, which was intended for Captain America Steve Rogers. Uh, he steals things before he enters into a suicide mission to destroy the super soldier efforts of the Nazis at the Schwarzabide? Schwarzabide. Schwarzabide. <laughs> S-C-H-W-A-R-Z-E-B-I-T-T-E. <laughs> Someone sent me the pronunciation of that word at Carefree Blurred on Twitter. <laughs> Um, but he went to on a suicide mission to destroy the super soldier efforts at the Nazi concentration camp, which is like, oh God, damn, that's, huh. and I wonder why don't, well, I get it because they're American comics, but why, why is it in comics? It's always the Americans who get the supermen, the super soldiers, the mutants, the most powerful, like it's always them. It's never Russia or Germany or you know, a Middle Eastern country or um, Canada or like it's never someone else with the upper hand or the advantage or, you know, because there's a story where Superman landed in Russia, an alternate timeline story and how he became their Superman there. So, I don't know, I just always thought that was funny that we're always the victims. And it's like, ugh, for as many apocalyptic stories that are being written and told be it indie stuff, stuff from the big two, where I've seen more often than not, it's always the Americans with the upper hand. I don't know. That's, yeah. So, anyways, um, there at the concentration camp, Isaiah is able to assassinate Koch or Coach, K-O-C-H. But the mission ends when the Germans capture Bradley. Nazi interest in the American super soldier is high. Ooh, who's this black American who is like Steve Rogers? <laughs> um, he's even bought before the Fehrer. Now, I know I'll be messing up words, but this, this is that U with the two dots that make it look like a smiley face. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but this word <laughs> means German leader. It means leader in German. So, um... He is even brought before the leader himself who decides to dissect Isaiah in order to reverse engineer his powers and send his spare parts back to America as a message. Like, Americans weren't already doing that by hanging black folks around that time anyways. Um, Bradley is later rescued by German insurgents only to be court-martialed and imprisoned at Leavenworth, 
a United States disciplinary barracks. Excuse me. This was around 1943. He was um, imprisoned. Why? Because he is an unwilling subject in the Super Soldier Project and placed in prison for 13 years. What kind of shit? So I'm thinking I may be wrong, but that read to me as <laughs> he's an unwilling subject in the Super Soldier Project that was forced on him. So now I'm going to place you in prison for 13 years the hell that makes no sense damn it um in 1960 bradley is pardoned by president eisenhower and released but after that he returned to his wife and unsuccessfully attempted to have a child unsuccessfully attempted to have a child unsuccessfully attempted to have a child keep that in mind another reason that another reasons plural that were cited for the creation of isaiah bradley was one to send a message on race relations two message on conspiracy theory and a less measured performance enhancement in sports so um i don't i'm at a disadvantage because i haven't gotten a hold of truth red white and black but i'd like to see how these messages are played out throughout the story and not just what i've found through research like um i might have to revisit this character once i get a hold of the um the uh trade myself because i like to see how did you um um okay so a number of the most noted africans and african-americans of the 20th century's last four decades visited bradley as a sign of respect and in more cases hero worship bradley receives fictional visits from Malcolm X, Richard Pryor, Muhammad Ali, Angela Davis, Alex Haley, Nelson Mandela, and Colin Powell. Um, and I thought that was interesting because I can't remember any other character in comics that I know of um, that has had that kind of impact. Like we get the, like around the election time, we had um, different comics and different companies having like Hillary and Donald Trump appear in certain issues. We've had Barack Obama. He's... Um, I think it was in spider-man like we've had different celebrities throughout time but to have kind of like a guest star appearance but to have him with this personal relation or well just personal relationship with these noted characters from black history is um it's interesting it's an interesting way to take the character and that's probably a credit to this being a story outside of normal martin martin marvel continuity initially and then being brought in but if that's the case i'm glad it happened the way it did because i even since um, isaiah i can't recall anyone else having the same relationships or uh, prestige within the black community in comics so i thought that was a pretty pretty cool thing and there's a lot of photos of them online that i found with him with malcolm x and richard Pryor, uh with angela davis and all that so i'll probably post those on the instagram instagram.com forward slash carefree black nerd and um go have at it take a look because i um i don't know it's just beautiful artwork these characters look like the people who they're portraying and uh to see the size the massiveness of Isaiah next to these characters that was interesting to see as well so aside from him just being a tall guy 225 pounds on paper to see him next to these noted people who have lived and you actually can see that was pretty interesting also outside of the normal 
human blacks <laughs> Bradley was known well throughout the black superhero community as well he was a legend to them um, he was even a guest at both marriages of Storm and Black Panther um, and Luke Cage and Jewel uh, Jessica Jones when he was a guest for Black Panther and Storm's wedding Luke Cage was described as being like starstruck, awestruck, just speechless. He described Isaiah as the first me, which is like, for me, translates to kids who see themselves on TV. A little kid who can see an astronaut who looks like him. Um, a girl who can see an actress or a model or a scientist who looks like her. You know, who, same skin tone. He, she's black like me. He's black like me. And that though Luke Cage is a full-grown adult in continuity he is substantially younger so it was a a nice little nod to representation and how important it is um who else is there Goliath Bill Foster uh, Monica Rambeau Triathlon and the Falcon were all also starstruck or awestruck rather after this he was also a special guest of course at Luke Cage and Jewel's wedding um it is noted though that the Canadian-born Wolverine was unaware of the identity or the importance of Isaiah Bradley when you go on Jeopardy that's the uh million dollar question also noted that Steve Rogers didn't even know who Isaiah was until he overheard the Black Panther and Luke Cage mentioning him Steve Rogers searched him out by this time Isaiah was in his late 90s and beginning stages of Alzheimer's and didn't remember his time as Captain America but when he saw the red white and blue costume that Steve Rogers was wearing oh he remembered oh I used to be Captain America it's like come on <laughs> let's do justice let's do this man a little bit more justice than what we've been giving him um and how in the hell does Steve Rogers not know ah <sighs> Okay, so now, these bastards. Let me tell you what they did to this man. Now, remember when I said Isaiah and his unnamed wife unsuccessfully attempted to have a child? Well, while Isaiah was in prison, the government, for those 13 years, the government attempted to use his altered DNA to create another super soldier. After 39 attempts, 39 attempts, the result is a child named Josiah. Isaiah's genetic son, Josiah X, is what he would later call himself. He's born to a surrogate mother and she smuggles him, smuggles him <laughs> out of the government's shady grasp, which is always an interesting storyline. Um, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen Logan and for those of you who have, that's kind of the plot line there is that X-23, Laura is smuggled out of this government facility and given to Wolverine and yada 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 whatever well <sighs> this experimentation on black bodies just takes me to all this appropriation where black talent is popular but black people aren't it's <sighs> I don't know it's just it's disgusting and I'm tired of it <laughs> but who is it um, all in all, I'd love to see more from Josiah and about Josiah. Josiah. Good Lord, I gave this man his son's name, Isaiah. I'd love to see more with Isaiah. Um, I remember when I read House of M with Scarlet Witch and the No More Mutants and the Altered Timeline, where Steve Rogers was like his innermost desire was to age and to not be, you know, 25 forever. And in that book, he was like a 
70, 80 year old man. If we can stretch the limits of our imagination and we can make this man die, become a Nazi, go back in time, all this magical powers and all this, this shit going on, why why on earth is Isaiah a 90 year old man with Alzheimer's? Mind you, the Alzheimer's was a side effect of the um, super soldier serum like in his body. And I guess over time, it gave the effects of Alzheimer's, the side effects, the long-term effects. <sighs> Steve Rogers is doing just fine. <laughs> Everybody injected with this damn super soldier uh, serum who's white seemed to be doing just fine. Why does this man have to go out like that? Like, I <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... I don't know. It is what it is. We um are used to this by now. I just wish certain characters would be given an opportunity uh, because but we don't have a Isaiah book but we have Tony Stark and everything all up and through Riri's book which that doesn't mean that that's a great book anyways but you know we have all these characters who Dean's I don't know all boys club type characters who get chance after chance after chance to fuck up have low sales and still come out on top and still appear in movies and it's like damn it like what do I have to do with the big two in order to get somebody who looks like my nieces and nephews and not just their friends you know <laughs> like dang but all in all the first Captain America <clears throat> Isaiah Bradley phenomenal character visually very stunning um like I said, I saw some videos on YouTube uh, with like the Capcom style animation with a lot of characters fighting against or and with Isaiah. Um, it it was it felt good to see that, but I'm thinking, can we get a new animated series with the Captain America? Like this man, I guess he'd have to be changed just like Miles Morales is still not considered Spider-Man by the fanboys at large, but I'd like to see some Isaiah Bradley and, uh, you know, I'm always down for a Netflix series, <laughs> you know, Marvel. He's not a mutant, so you own the rights to him. Bring him up. Give, give me something. Give, give me um, instead of the Captain America, the first Avenger, give me Isaiah Bradley, the first Captain. Don't even say Captain America. Just say the first Captain. And give me his backstory. Give me his unnamed wife who's just there to serve the plot. Give her a damn backstory. Here. <laughs> um, I, it's a lot of wasted characters, talent, possibilities over there at Marvel. So uh, get on it, guys. Bring more of Isaiah. <laughs> so, yeah, this concludes the first of the Carefree, Carefree Black, Black Nerd, Nerd Season, season two, 2 3 part, part finale. finale. <laughs> Um, come back we're going to keep this conversation going if you didn't know about Bradley you did know about him uh, you have more information than what I provided hit me up uh, Twitter is the most immediate way to get in touch with me at carefreeblurred or email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com as always use the hashtag cbnpod when tweeting about the show when Instagramming something when Facebooking and Tinder and Snapchat 
<laughs> but no, um, hit me up on Instagram, Carefree Black Nerd. Tumblr as well, Carefree Black Nerd. Um, as always, Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Um, hit me up. You know, like I said, if you have more information on this character, maybe some things I haven't uh, touched on here, or if you've read Truth, Red, White, and Black. Also, hit me up. Give me your thoughts. Um, I'm going to get it anyways, but sell me on it. Or if you think it doesn't matter, forget it. It's a horrible series. Tell me that too. I like to hear it all. Um, so yeah, that's that. So come back and uh, see me again <laughs> for the next installment of this season two finale. And until then, I want everyone to stay carefree, stay nerdy, and stay geeky.